everybody. Welcome to another episode in this series of the Ad Skills podcast, where we talk about the uh, stories of media buyers, their triumphs, their tribulations, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, the drama, the excitement that is media buying. And I can't think of anybody, because if they've lived in Turak, let me tell you, they know excitement. <laughs> and if there's somebody who embodies the excitement of being a media buyer, it's Paul Elliott. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for coming on the podcast. No worries. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, hey, Paul, before you were a media buyer and you weren't knocking around the fancy part of my hometown of Melbourne, what did you do? What were you before you were a media buyer? The last two decades, you can tell by my grey hair, I've been around a while, but yeah, the last two decades, just over two decades, um, most of my career has been as a pitch speaker. So if you go back far enough, I like I came to university, had a couple of jobs, got fired a couple of times and wasn't sure what to do. And at that time, somebody introduced me. Actually, I went traveling in Australia. This is my first trip ever to Australia as it happened. Yeah. And I met somebody who introduced me to Tony Robbins' book, Unlimited Power. Ah, Yes. And I read that and thought, well, this looks more interesting than sitting in an office. I'm going to do this instead. So when I got back to the UK, I started a coaching business. And, and the way to really attract clients and start doing seminars was to put on free taster events. Yes. And obviously invite you, advertise at the time. This is pre-Facebook, pre-online advertising. Yeah. Run adverts in the London papers. People that come to a free event, do a two-hour pitch. They hopefully sign up for the seminar. And that was my business. And yep. to be... It started really because when I decided that's what I want to do, the first event I ever did, spent a fortune on advertising because obviously you could only buy pages by the page, half page, quarter page. So I bought like half a page, yeah. which cost me a significant a couple of thousand pounds. And 70 people turned up to listen to me speak. And I did this two and a half, nearly three hour presentation, lots of energy, people very excited. And at the end, yeah. I said, right, we're doing this whole three day event. Go and sign up at the back. Nobody yeah. signed up. Oh. And so that kind of got me realizing that, you know, it ain't just good enough to want to make a difference or to want to help people. Yeah. You've got to actually have a way to get them to make a buying decision, you know. So that started me off in whole direct response marketing and understanding that. And I think that experience of being in front of a live audience where you can read them moment by moment yeah. really helped me, I guess, refine my ability to influence, if that's the right way to put it. And yes. it certainly taught me a lot about marketing. Yeah, so that so I, I always love to ask how your background, what did you bring from your background into your media buying? So yeah, yeah. Talk, talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, well, the same, the same real, the same thought process in the sense of if I'm stood on a stage in front of people, obviously there's, there's a step before that, which is getting people in the room. Yeah. But once they're in that room, it's, I guess, very similar to what people would do today online with a webinar where you've got this whole presentation. And if it's done well, it should, one, make you a profit, but also the people that don't buy should still feel it was a very valuable use of their time and they got something from it. Obviously, done badly. People just feel it was a hard sell pitch and they don't want to talk to you ever again. But yes. done well. you know. So it's kind of that thing of building trust, giving them a big promise, delivering on that promise, and then showing them what the next step is should they want to take it. And I guess, so from that aspect, I brought that understanding of direct response marketing and also because... I've all, I'm always listening to other people's ideas. I've spent a lot of time since I first heard of uh, Rich Sheffron 
listening mm. to Agora, and obviously yes. I listen a lot, even today, I listened a lot to Agora's media buyers, because whatever they say, whatever they're doing, you kind of think, you know, if somebody's spending fifty, hundred thousand dollars a day on advertising, they must know something, you know. So, yes. so I listen to that. But the same principles keep coming up. You know, it's like every campaign starts with a big idea. Like yeah. in the same way, everything I've ever done offline starts with a big idea. And then that's to ripple through the advert, ripple through the presentation, all the way yeah. through to the seminar, you know. So so I brought that to media buying, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, yeah it absolutely it. makes yeah, sense. But interestingly, yeah. like a lot of people perhaps uh, – dare we say, non-ad skills uh, folks mm. agencies. So think about it as my job is delivering traffic to you. Your job is to convert, right? It sounds to me like you take a different view of that. I take the view that it's all a system. And if yes. you try and separate the parts out individually, that doesn't always work. You've got to look at the whole holistic thing and say, how does this all work? Because I've seen this where, you know, somebody might just focus on the landing page and say, we've got to get the landing page conversion up. And then, well, what's the next step? We've got to get conversion of that up. And it's like, in theory, that sounds great. But actually, when you put it all together as a system, it doesn't always work trying to optimize every individual piece and hoping that the overall system is going to function better. It doesn't always work that way. Yeah. So I kind of take a more holistic approach to it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, no, 100% makes sense. So tell us, how did you come across uh, ad skills? Well, interestingly enough, because, I mean, go, I'm going back, what, 2006 probably, and I don't know how, but I came across Rich Shepard, who I've just mentioned before. Yes. Yep. And then out of that, I think I did uh, one of Rich's courses, which I got a lot from, was great. And then yep. Justin was working for Rich. That's right, yes. And I think he launched his first ever product through that, which was on yep. traffic. And I remember going through that at the time. But I was so busy. I mean, I was literally on a plane all the time. So I was always yeah. somewhere in the world delivering a presentation. But yep. I just sort of stayed. I liked Justin. I liked what he was talking about at the time. Yep. And I just sort of stayed in touch. So I can't remember what he did next, but I must have been on his email list for over a decade. Yes. And it just, yep. as awesome. he kept sending things out, I was reading them. And then obviously he launched the whole, um, I think he started with his, I forget what the first one was. Was it Bulletproof Facebook or something like that? I forget yeah, what the yeah, first yeah. one was. Yeah, one of the original ones. Yeah, yes. yeah, but I, I listened to that, you know, and then I just started on and off. And then it was only when the whole pandemic thing started and yeah. obviously the seminar world ground to a halt. Yeah, and I was like, like okay, this really thing. forced me online. So it was very much, uh, well, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it well. So I kind of set myself a little goal of I want to master this whole media buying and understanding the whole the whole whole thing from cold traffic all the way through to raving fan customer. I want how do I do all of that? And I I bought a few other courses over the years that I've dabbled with, but I always found that Justin's material and Justin's emails that came out, I always found them the most insightful, the most valuable, and he seemed to make the most sense. So it sort of made made sense to me to kind of go, okay, look, here's this product on understanding media buying at a deeper level. It's like, well, let, let me yeah. do that. You know, so a, a way of formalizing my my existing knowledge and add to it. You know, so. so of course, if you make your living traveling, going to room to room, public events, pitching, selling stuff, people into your own program, all of a sudden March hits and the world literally stops. Something none of us have ever experienced. Yeah. Literally. So talk to no. us about the... Nobody was expecting that, yeah. No, nobody. Definitely, you know, you hear people say, oh, it was a once-in-a-lifetime event. This mm. is definitely right up oh, there. Yeah. 
So you started, you said, okay, I'm going to make, I am going to really learn this media buying gig. So did you apply it to your own stuff? Did you start working with other people? Tell us a bit about your initial well, journey yeah, I mean, buying. Obviously, as, as things have evolved, even, you know, prior to the pandemic, you know, we were running yeah. out to fill rooms. Yes. And certainly, you know, so, you know, I had people helping me with that. And I would, because by nature, I guess I'm more of a big picture creative person. I would have ideas and, you know, I'd, I'd want people to run with them and do something with them. Yeah. Um, but it was really, as I said, when it all hit, I was like, I'd, I'd got more and more involved in the online aspect of it. So yeah. when the pandemic hit, it was very much actually what I want. And the other, the other thing that I guess kind of channels into this. Yeah. When we came into this new year, You'll probably appreciate this in the sense of it was a new decade. Yeah, 2020. So 2020. It was like another a new set of 10 years. And I was yeah. like, I'd sat down and looked over the last 10 years. I'm a big journal keeper, kept a journal for yes. a decade. And I wrote down, okay, what's happened over the last 10 years? What do I want to happen over the coming 10 years? And there was a couple of things in there in terms of the businesses I wanted to launch and still want to launch, but they were all, the one common theme about them was they're all online. And so they all needed the ability to drive quality traffic to these businesses which again added to this idea of actually i don't you know being a media buyer it becomes an essential skill in that respect the other side of it you know going back to this theme of the pandemic once pandemic mm. is like i miss that engagement with other people so doing the media buying becoming formally trained and having a certificate and say look this is me i'm real woohoo yeah. then it was it's much better than to be able to turn to agencies or work with other existing agencies so one you're practicing the skill, developing yeah. the skill, but also you've got that social interaction as well. So there's that mastermind aspect to it, I think, is what I was looking for. Does that sound yeah. make sense? Yeah, 100% makes sense. Yeah, we're community, uh, at the end of the day, we yeah. try to yeah. speak these through community and totally. having that community of people, if you're learning a skill, we know the science is pretty like, and actually, I want to come back because I know a lot of your background, like, is uh, neurolinguistic programming and, yeah. and expertise in those areas. And I actually want to come back to that. But one of the things, right, we know about peak performance now is groups are a fundamental part. If you want to get really good at something, you have to participate in a group. Usain Bolt's the best sprinter in the, on the planet, but he trains in a squad. Roger Federer is the best tennis player. Tennis players see it like, how solo a sport can you get? Not true. Yeah. He trains in a squad. Yeah. He's got a huge retina of dietitians, physiotherapists, oh, yeah. yes. all yeah. of these people and colleagues that he's, you know, hitting partners and mm. all these sorts of things. So, you know, if you're going to get into a new discipline like media buying, just like any other mm. discipline, community makes a hell of a lot of sense. I was just going to say, it's like being around people who for me, are forcing me to expand my boundaries. Like they're, they're at a level way above me. So I can learn from them as well as obviously have that social interaction with them. And it's interesting because obviously I've met thousands of people over the years. Yeah. And there's still that element of, and I still notice it, there are people that are very happy working for someone else. I've done so for 10, 15, 20 years. They're happy. That's great for them. Yeah. But then there's other people who are like, they want a little bit more or they want a lot more. And then, and to do that, therefore, you got to hang out with people who share similar goals, aspirations, values. Mm. It's like, it's like, I can't have a media buying conversation about, you know, campaign budget optimizing with anyone other than an, another media buyer. Does that make sense? Like, you can't start yeah. a conversation with somebody that I, I meet on the school run because yeah. they haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. You know, so it's like, it's that shared interest, that shared values, that shared desire 
to grow, expand, and obviously make a, a very profitable business for, for yourself, for your clients, you know, just to, to learn, to grow, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, 100%. So you've got a huge amount of experience in selling from the stage and neurolinguistic programming, NLP, and those. I'd be very interested to know, what have you taken from, say, neurolinguistics? Uh, which is a fascinating science. If you if you haven't heard of the the phrase, uh, it's it's a fascinating way of how language and how your brain works and all those incredibly fascinating area. What have you taken from that and applied into your media buying? What do you think is something that you've taken from neurolinguistics and applied in terms of your media buying? I would say two two primary things because the heart of NLP is modeling, which mm. is the idea of if you want to get a certain result find someone who's already got that result and model them. And modeling means get inside their head, understand their values, their beliefs, what triggers them, what drives them, how do they make decisions. So that aspect of it, I apply to all aspects of my life that I want to improve in. But also I bring that to, because, you know, when you sit down and do media buying, you start and you say, okay, look, we're going to put together a campaign. First thing you've got to do is understand the audience. So to understand the audience, you've also got to get inside their head. So now you're modeling them. What are their current beliefs? What are their current desires? What are their current problems? What are their current frustrations? I bring all of that aspect too, because if I understand their beliefs, I can predict their actions. If I can understand their beliefs, then I know what kind of messages they're going to respond to. So I bring all of that to it. And then the other aspect of it is language itself. Language is very powerful. You know, so words matter. And obviously anybody who's done any direct response marketing knows this. They know the power that a word can have. But I look at it in terms of influence is very much about planting pictures in somebody's mind. One of the things that, if you like, rookie webinar speakers or rookie pitch speakers from stage make a big mistake is they sell too early. So you've got to educate first. You've got to build a bond first before you even mention that you've got a product. But if you mention that right up front, then people's barriers come up and they just think, oh, you're just trying to sell to me. You know, so I bring all of that aspect to it. It's like language matters. But it's also language in terms of planting pictures so that you're moving people down a path to purchase. So they're making small commitment, small commitment, small commitment, small commitment, all the way down this path. And, and I know this might sound very manipulative in one way, but at the same time, it's like if you want to make a difference to people's lives or if you've got a product that you believe in and you want to share with other people, just because you believe in it doesn't mean somebody else is going to buy it. So there has to be this process. So I bring that aspect of language matters. It's all about planting pictures. It's all about planting pictures which move people down a path so they're making small commitments all the way. So ultimately, they then go, you know, yes, this is something I want. Or the, or the flip side, they go, no, this isn't relevant to me, and they're gone, in which case, great, you can exclude them, you know. But yeah, those yeah. are the key things, the modeling and the language. That's what I bring from NLP and has made a massive difference to how I approach my thinking behind media buying. Yeah. It's a real thing that we have pro-league and ad skills, which is, you know, we, we sort of throw out this challenge, you know, if you're going to be a pro league level agency, you have to understand your clients' customers better than they do. And that sounds sort of arrogant in a way, but that's the, you know what's going on, as you've so brilliantly pointed out, right? If you know the way that their clients make buying decisions, that's going to aid you enormously when it comes to, getting better results because ultimately if you just bring the traffic to the door and you just say here you go here's your traffic yeah, yeah, and yeah. sign yeah. the check please at the end of the day they're going to stop signing checks if that traffic doesn't buy stuff and understanding that if you send that traffic too early like you said from your pitch experience on the site 
like if you just send them straight to a webinar for example instead of you know jason Fladjun, who's sort of like the 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 godfather of, of oh, yeah, selling webinars, on yeah, webinars yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was speaking to him the other day and I was saying, yeah, what cold traffic are you using to drive to webinars? And he said, oh, Ed, that's your mistake. I never drive cold traffic mm. to webinars. I'm always yeah. using warm and retargeted traffic and that's how I fill my webinars. And that's mm. not something that your average client out on the street even understands. You know? So yeah. that's something that you can bring as a media buyer, which is, mm. is really important. So let's let's transition a little bit here, Paul, to talk about sort of, so what sort of existing ca- campaigns are you running at the moment? Is there anything that stands out to you, any particular type of campaign that you're really enjoying doing at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been running campaigns for me as my little side hustle. And yep. want to obviously learn and, and, and again develop another income stream as well. Um, and with that, I've been following that same approach. So it, it's very much, particularly with Facebook advertising, where obviously people don't come on Facebook to buy anything. They come on because it's a social platform. Yes. And obviously their mindset is either escapism, entertainment, or looking for somebody to have an argument with, potentially, you know, it's yes. like figuring all the politics that are on there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's like understanding that mindset and then understanding really, okay, so if you're going to get them, to, if you're going to get them to stop the, stop the scroll, then obviously, one, you need something that gets their attention, but then immediately you've got to give them something which is a valuable reason to, to follow. So I have been focused very much on people who, using my own experience, people who are wanting to develop courses online. So obviously that's a very popular area. And the industry, in terms of the industry for adult education, is massive and just keeps on growing. Mm-hmm. So I've been bringing my sort of understanding of how to design courses, how to deliver courses, how to create courses that engage people. So that's what I've sort of brought to the table in terms of a service. And then it's just a question of, okay, finding those people through the algorithms, finding them through the targeting options, and then putting in place a process. So the campaigns I'm running are very much, let's sort of say hello, let's get their attention, let's give them something to think about which they haven't thought about before, and then just start building that trust and that, I guess, no like trust would be the simple phrase, wouldn't it? But building that first, building trust, building credibility, before even suggesting anything in terms of essentially what you just said about Jason, it's like, I can't, you can't run it. I mean, I've tested this, running an ad that just says, come on my webinar, even yeah. if the title's great, doesn't mm. really over the process of the webinar and the follow-up, doesn't do anywhere near as well as running a, a campaign which builds that trust first, gets them to want to know more from me. And obviously by wanting to know more, they want to be on my email list. So it's not a, you give me your email address and I'll give you something in return. It's like, no, I'll give you stuff first. And then at some point, if you want more, then I can do that more easily through email. Here's how you can do that. So yeah. getting them on the email list because they want to be on it. And then additionally, sharing more material, which helps move them. Not so much thinking of it in terms of down the path to purchase, but thinking of it in terms of, you know, when you do your empathy map, here's, here's where your client is now, here's where they want to get to. So the gap is the transformation they require. Yes. So it's material that helps them move down that path of transformation as well. Yep. So that obviously their belief in the being able to achieve the goal goes up because their confidence in themselves goes up. And then during that point, at this point, when there's lots of trust, there's lots of credibility established, saying, okay, look, rather than taking the next seven weeks, seven months for you to get to where you want to be, the webinar is going to accelerate that process. So yeah. giving them a very valid reason to come on the webinar, 
Yeah. And, then, and course, so then are, you are you doing that do first? More education, more of a pitch. Oh, sorry. Are you doing that first interaction? Are you tending to do that as video, as written, like written posts? Have you found something in particular that works well for you? In terms of speed, I yeah. found that I can write something yep. and put that out and get that tested quickly. When yeah. I notice that it's working, then yep. I've noticed that I can do a video version of it and run that as well. Yeah. Right. So that's a really yeah. interesting little tip there as well. Yeah. So because you don't have to worry about video production or you know, no, getting everything ready. to begin with, yeah. Check to see if the post is actually getting some traction and some engagement. Mm. And if then, right, mm. you, you see it's easier to test that, that written thing. And then once you've figured that out, you can almost use that as like a script or storyboard for yeah, exactly. doing, yeah. doing for some sort version. of video yes. thing yes. on track. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think as well, it's, I think different people have different, well, I know different people have different learning styles that I know anyway, because obviously I've been teaching for years. So I also believe therefore that people who would read the post and people who would watch the video are not always the same people. Mm-hmm. So you're sometimes capturing two groups of people. Some people who prefer video, some people who prefer text. There will be some overlap. Yes, without a doubt, but yeah. they're not always the same people. So yeah. it's interesting that, and I think, my brain's immediately going back. I remember reading something that Perry Marshall wrote probably a decade ago where he talks about the idea of leaves on a tree. And so the different leaves capture more light. You don't have what you don't, you don't split test leaves and say, we're just keeping this one leaf. You have a whole tree full of leaves. So I think it's that same idea. Ultimately that you'll have people who want to read, people who want to watch people who want to listen. Obviously they can listen to video as well. So yeah, you're always capturing different audiences. So, Paul, tell me, are you you doing uh, mainly traffic buying for yourself at the moment? Are you working with other clients? What's uh... Yeah, because I've just gone through the Jumpstart program. So, you know, got certified in that. I've been following up with some of the lists in the, uh, some of the opportunities in the graduate channel. Yes. Uh, Some of those, you know, I I haven't heard from. Some I have heard from. Um, They've been mixed in terms of the quality of the person I was talking to in terms of the stage they're at. There have been a couple of very good, very well-established agencies that I've spoken to, and I'm just waiting for one of them to come back because they seem very keen. So I'm hoping they come back and say, look, we want to take you on. So, yes, yeah, yeah. so I've been running it for myself in the meantime because obviously I still want to keep my hand in and learn things. And then just yesterday I got a new client actually who wants does something similar. He's already got a Facebook group, which he's grown organically, and he's tried running ads to fill the group, and it's not working. And it's like, well, if it's not working, then you're doing something wrong. So, you know, he's brought me in to help him do that and then obviously help with a virtual summit later in, in the early in the new year. So, Yeah, because the coaching area and your understanding of coaching and that, you know, we talk about 2020 and, and what, uh, what a year it's been. Sure. And like you, with your own experience of, hey, I can't travel, I can't speak on stage, I can't mm. pitch. There's this been incredible dramatic, like now everybody, like if you say the, if you said the word Zoom to 10 people on the street in yeah. January of this year, it's still 2020. Sure. Yeah. Right. If you said that, they'd look at most of the, they'd think you're talking about Zoom, Zoom, plane or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, everybody yeah. knows what that is. Oh, yeah. Now it's right? a household name. Yeah, for sure. It's a yeah. household name. And every, so every, it, this world's gone online. So, yeah. There, there are some fantastic opportunities in terms of, you know, and reaching out, like for somebody with your experience, reaching out to uh, established coaches and, and mm. those sorts of teams to apply your experience, 
with the combination of media buying is a really, really powerful opportunity. So I'd really... Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, really. and it's interesting as well because it, it follows the, the theme of, you know, like really niching down and even more, yes. even in the last 24 hours, I believe, I've read one of Justin's emails where he talks about the pattern of the, the most successful media buyers being agencies, people who are very clear about the kind of clients they want and the kind of, I guess, process they follow. So zooming in on people who are coaches or want clients who want to run webinars, yep. then it makes sense for me to go, that's part of my niche. You know, it's like, yeah. so for I example, understand it deeply. Yeah, 100%. You know, something that we're really, and, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, what we're looking at sort of going forward. One of the big things is saying, you know, is, you know, for you, for example, with all of your experience with NLP, how many established NLP coaching businesses and uh, and so many of them were traditional, like that was the model, right? It was, it was get into the, you know, get into the room, get in and speak and do all that. They need that help to translate that business online. And so oh, yeah, totally. you can pick the people that you want to work with. You know, you start yes. putting together that uh, and we're actually doing a, a training in, in Pro League shortly on this is identify who you'd like to work with is a, is mm. a really, really powerful part of this, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. this process yeah. as well. Yeah. Hey, yeah. so Paul, if somebody wants to reach out and uh, have a chat to you, particularly if they're in those, those uh, industries mm. and need help with media buying, what's the best way to get in touch? I would say go to uh, strategicrebel.com and you'll find a contact me on there and just drop me a note that way. That's the fastest way and the easiest way. What a great domain name. I'll tell you what, this series, we've had some <laughs> great domain names, strategicrebel.com. That is fantastic. And, of course, in the show notes, as we have with every episode, uh, if you just swipe or depending on what podcast player you're using or if you're looking at this on YouTube, it's on down below, you'll see links to get in touch with uh, in touch with Paul. Uh, because boy, with his experience, uh, in the, in the coaching industry in particular, I know there are a lot of coaches that need a lot of help with navigating Facebook. And we all know Facebook can be a real challenge for coaches too, because you need to understand that wording, you know, the wording and the compliance issues oh, around yeah. those sorts of things, is stuff that you need to do. And the fact that you've been, um, you know, what do the Americans say, Paul, that, you know, eating their own dog food? uh right is you know so you know practicing on your own stuff is sure. uh, is a really powerful mechanism so paul thank you so much for no today worries, pleasure. looking forward to seeing you around in the ad skills universe and uh yeah and for all of you who are listening and watching stay tuned for another episode coming up with our ad skills podcast series where we highlight media buyers and talk about their stories and which is just so fascinating. Thanks so much, Paul. No worries. Thanks a lot.